Fred Monday and Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. We're out here at the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals Training Center. It is Wolf and Luke on a Big Red Monday. Cliff Kingsbury will join us at 145 as he does every Big Red Monday. Wolf, uh, you just heard in the update right there from Sarah, Frank Reich let go in Indianapolis. That is last season's hard knocks in-season head coach. And a guy who had a winning record with the Colts, 40-33-1 and over four and a half years there. So it is a... Uh, it's 100% a what yeah. have you done for me lately business in the NFL. And I don't think anybody's shocked by that. I mean, once you start, once they made the switch from Matt Ryan to Sam Ellinger, it was kind of like this is probably his last uh, buffer before Frank Reich gets let go, too. But 40, 33, and 1 over four and a half years there, and he's gone. Yeah, you know, once again, I don't know any of the personal situation that may have been going on right there, um, what was said and what wasn't said. But I do know Frank Reich, and I uh, count him as a friend, as a matter of fact. And maybe we'll try to work to get him on the show and see if we can do that because he's a great guy. Yeah, I don't know him, but based on watching the in-season hard knocks, I can't believe Frank Reich said anything to get himself let go. You know what I mean? Yeah, he seems like right. the nicest guy sure. in the world. Uh, they were showing the graphic on the screen behind me before, too, of all the different quarterbacks because he came in in 2018 when they had Andrew Luck and he got a season of Andrew Luck and then remember Andrew Luck six. abruptly retires and from there it's been different quarterbacks every couple weeks and now Jeff Saturday is apparently their interim head coach <laughs> I don't even know how that works okay, so Jeff Just Saturday ESPN. yes the ESPN analyst Jeff yes. Saturday of yeah. course who used to play center of yeah. course for many many years an excellent football uh-huh. player uh, Jeff Saturday is going to be the interim head coach wow that sounds like you don't trust anybody in Inside that coaching staff and that office. He was on ESPN last week. He hasn't been around the team, and now all of a sudden he's coaching the team. Wow. Uh, all right, Kyler Murray. There's there's a couple ways to go with the Kyler Murray conversation, Wolf, but the biggest thing to me is if we're going to take a step back and we're going to say, worst case scenario for this team, it just doesn't get better. You're 3-6 you're and six now. I don't know what that works out to, like a 5-12 and 12 season or a 6-11 and 11 season or something. If they just keep going down that path, the biggest thing to me is that you continue to make Kyler Murray into a better quarterback. And right now, I know a lot of people think he's regressing. I just his quarterback rating was over 100 yesterday. I just feel like he's not getting better. I just and that's yeah. the situation that he might be in. I just feel like he's kind of stagnant right now. He's running for his life on every play. Yeah, you know, 101.5 once again, and you know the way I believe in a quarterback rating, it does show how effective a human being is playing the position when you look at it from a season perspective. Every now and then there could be a couple of games in there where you look at it and go, okay, yeah, wow, that's a little high for a guy that threw a couple of picks. Um, yet at the same time, Kyler Murray did not throw any interceptions that counted <laughs> yesterday, did not through a couple of touchdowns, of course. Um, yeah, the interception the and ball, a touchdown called back. Yeah, didn't throw the ball down the field 
to the degree in which I want to see them do. And a lot of that has got to do with the fact that um, teams that are playing the Arizona Cardinals are playing that cover two shell. It's what they're going to do. They're going to play a soft zone. They're going to force Kyler Murray to throw the ball underneath. It's one of the reasons why I continue to harp on the rushing attack of the Arizona Cardinals and the fact that the Cardinals need to be able to run the ball and do it in particular in between the tackles. you got to keep those two safeties high up there. They're going to make you dink and dunk it down the field. If, in fact, that is the strategy that they're taking against Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, which it is for the most part, every now and then there's an exception. They'll bring five. They'll come after Kyler Murray. They'll bring six every now and then. But for the most part, they're playing the soft zone. They're challenging the Cardinals to move the ball down the field. And then once you get into the red zone to prove you can actually get it into the red zone. You have to be able to run the ball and run the ball in between the tackles in particular. And right now with their offensive line, that seems like a tall, hard hill to climb. Uh, Kyler did spread the ball around a little bit better yesterday. Rondale Moore actually quietly in these last two games is about the only thing going right is Rondale Moore. Uh, But he, he didn't go to DeAndre Hopkins much, and there was that... I don't even want to say confrontation, but him and, and him sort of yelling at Hopkins on the sidelines early in this game. I think it was early second quarter when yeah. things were still fine in the game. And I don't know about you, Wolf. When I saw it, I was like, that that means nothing to me. Anybody that has played sports, you've yelled at or been yelled at by a teammate. <laughs> but it has yes. been pointed out quite a bit that he targeted D-Hop twice the entire rest of the game after that. Now, I don't think that's counting the touchdown that he threw to D-Hop that got pulled back because Robbie Anderson was uh, we're going to have a Robbie Anderson conversation later on in the show, Man. but um, Man. do you make anything out of that between those two I, on the sidelines? You know, I don't know what to say about that. I really don't. It would be so unprofessional of Kyler Murray. Are you kidding me? Now all of a sudden, because I got into it a little bit with D Hop, and who knows what it was about? For me, it kind of looked like Kyler was pointing out the coverage. That's what it looked like, it right? It's like, like he was saying, just pointing, come over saying, here. Hey, listen, you know what? Honestly, this is there were two safeties. Huh? I, I don't know what it was, but it looked like Kyler was pointing out coverage, and you got to be able to read that coverage, Hop. And it, it seemed like something that, man, it happens a lot. And the fact that Kyler Murray had the intensity level to to do that and not whine as he was doing it, that to me, I, I put that in the positive yeah, that, column. I'm glad you said that because that, that's why it didn't bother me because this is what people want from him. They yes. want him to be more intense. And, yes. and DeAndre Hopkins, above anybody, can certainly handle it. Let's, uh, let's hear from both of them real quick. Kyler Murray talking about the play that led to that exchange. Yeah, just uh, again, that's, you know, I'm not going to go into detail, but we were, you know, miscommunication right there. Miscommunication. See, that tells me once again, I was seeing this coverage and you were seeing this coverage. Yeah. How did you, how did you see that coverage? How could you? They were right. You know, I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying. That's what it looked like, though. I'm just In the saying, moment, that's what it looked like. Right. I'm not trying to say that's it. I'm just saying in the moment, it did kind of look like that and feel like that. And that happens all the time. Uh, here's DeAndre Hopkins, his interpretation of what happened. Uh, just, all, you know, Kyler now always kind of, you know, that's, that's, that's who he is. Um, and I love it, you know, just talking about what we can do. Um, you know, it's, it's good. And I love it, you know, that, that I have somebody like that that's emotional and passionate about their craft. 
Yeah, look, I, the the Kyler and Cliff thing on Thursday Night Football didn't bother me as much as it bothered a lot of people, but there was the the extra added juice to that of Kyler's got to know everybody's like looking for a reason to, to have Cliff fired, and that was on national television. Nobody's going to look at that and be like, oh, Kyler doesn't get along with D-Hop. D-Hop yeah. must be the problem. D-Hop is the best thing this team has going for it right now. D-Hop, Buda Baker, and there's a long drop-off after that. So, I don't know. I just, I didn't, I didn't see an issue there. My issue was, why'd they stop throwing to him? Yeah, you know, uh, once again, uh, the wide receiver position, um, it's, it's, it's starting to bother me right now. I, there's no other way to say it with Robbie Anderson, what is going on with Robbie Anderson. It's a, a, just a huge, brutal drop in the game, of course, yesterday, and then not being lined up correctly. You know, I, I get it. He's he's new. You know, you're here two and a half weeks, and yet at the same time, he, you, you should be able to line up in a formation right now and know exactly if you're on the ball or off the ball. Yeah. You should know how to do that. In, in season trade, you are expecting the guy to come in quickly. It's not somebody you went out and got in July, you know? Like, you can't give him seven weeks to kind of ease into it. The season will be over. All right, we come back. It's your turn. And on a scale of 1 to 10, just how frustrated are you by another loss from the Cardinals, especially in Seattle? Uh, 602-260-9870. It's our listeners-only meeting on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Big Red Monday and Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Welcome back to the show. Let's go out to the phones, Wolf, for our weekly listeners-only meeting, 602-260-9870. Let's start with Tony in Phoenix. Tony, what's going on? I'll bring it out right now. Hey, how are you guys doing? What's good, up, Tony? Tony. How you doing? Good, good, yeah. Pretty frustrated, like uh, many, um, you know, level probably around nine. Probably gets a 10, you know. You know, I think there's a lot of blame that can go around everywhere. Um, and, you know, the problem start, starts at front, and I know you guys talked about this, but when you only have two starting offense alignment, uh it's hard to win, and there's never been any continuity on the offensive line. And, uh, you know, what a lot of fans have to realize is that uh, a lot of teams are playing in cover three, cover four. That's why it's very hard to, you know, uh, get any deep balls. That's why Connor's throwing the ball a lot shorter. And um, and when you can't run the ball because of the off- offensive line's too banged up, then teams are just going to go into more cover three, cover four, because your offensive line just can't, you know, produce any good play run. So that's all I got to say. And go Cardinals, and let's see what happens. Thanks, Tony, Tony. You nailed it, man. I mean, honestly, um, a gross simplification of the truth, yet you're right on it. He nailed it actually with the very ending right there, Wolf. I feel like that's the motto right now. Go Cardinals, and let's see what happens. Yeah, that's right. That's, how I feel hold right on now. to your butts. Uh, back out to the phones. Brian in Phoenix. Brian, you're on the Wolf and Luke show. Hey, how you doing? Good. Thank you for having me. I nominate Wolf to be the head coach consultant <laughs> because I believe everything he's talking about for us, running the ball, putting Kyler up under center. I mean, look at Justin Steele when he's up under the center and see what he does and how well he's able to have more options than what he's having. Um, Man, that's just all I want to say. Go Cardinals. 
But I do believe that, and I have respect for Luke, but I do believe that Wolf is the answer, and they need to start consulting with him because he knows football. Brian, thank, thank you. you very much Thanks, for your Brian. phone call right now. Listen, we'd have a great special teams unit. I mean, we would. <laughs> we'd roll. You want to go right now? You want a little punt pro right there? Actually, they've already got a great special teams coach. Jeff Rogers is one of the best yeah, in the do. business, period. So, so they're so set you're stuck. There. So you know what, Brian? Thank you, but we'd lose every game, okay? <laughs> every game from that point forward. Have great teams, though. They run the ball. We, we, that's the, true. The, the commitments we, on the running would be, we'd probably have right. a couple more tight ends. I guarantee you now, we'd bloody your face. <laughs> we'd bloody to play your face, and we'd have some great special teams, but um, we wouldn't win a game. Uh, let's go back out to the phones. Larry in Peoria. Larry, what's going on? Hey, good afternoon. Thank you very much for taking my call. Sure. Uh, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm, I'm, I'm probably at a 50 right now because what I'm trying to understand, and Wolf, maybe you can, you, you, you can answer this, why does it take so long for the Cardinals, and, and it's almost like towards the end of the game, that they get into some sort of a rhythm? I'm, I'm trying to understand the, you know, Kyler, you know, we paid him this money. He, he has not won a single playoff game yet, and he's doing the same mistakes over it. He carries that ball like it's a loaf of bread. And, and I'm sorry, a fourth-year quarterback does not do that. There is something not right within this organization, and I don't think they've recovered from last year. Um, and, and I don't know if that has to do with the, with, with, with the coach, but there is something not right. And, and Wolf, the main question I want to ask you, I know we talk about injuries and injuries are part of the game. I get that. But is there that much of a significant drop from the first, from the starters to the people that come in after the starters are hurt? It can't be that significant that we are struggling the way that we are struggling. Yeah, Something Larry. has to change. Something has to change. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you, Larry. Uh, I'm with you, man. Something has got to be addressed right now, what it is that they're doing. The injury thing, I can tell you. Um, you're right about that. But um, take a look at uh, Quentin Nelson, by way of example, right now. Quentin Nelson, would you say he's good? He's a good left guard, right? He's, he's, he's maybe, the best. Maybe the best, He's yeah. the best in, in the NFL. There is typically a drop-off from the next guy that they're going to put in there. There is. The problem is, Larry, sometimes when you get a um, a concentration of injuries the way the Arizona Cardinals have, especially on the offensive line, where suddenly you saw it, both guards and your starting center are out of the game. Um, the interior pocket is very, very important for Kyler Murray to keep that solid, keep that sound, allow him to be able to step up in that pocket and throw the ball down the field. It's critical that you've got good players on the offensive line at that position. The Cardinals felt like they had that with Rodney Hudson at center, with Justin Pugh at left guard, with Will Hernandez at right guard. Now all of a sudden they don't. You saw what happened. You saw what happened yesterday. And we've seen it from time to time as well. What happens when that interior pocket breaks down with Kyle? Yeah, it's it's probably the worst position on the field other than quarterback to lose your starters, especially when it's starters. But the problem with the Cardinals is we've seen this season when anybody, when DeAndre Hopkins isn't playing, they look broken. They're, yeah. the, the depth, yes. the drop-off is just so much. But I honestly, I think Larry said it right there at the end. Something has to change. Something. Because right now, that, Larry. right now it feels like 
we already know what's going to happen against the Rams, and we already know how it's going to look. That's the problem. If nothing's changing, and then the result keeps being the same, that's where you're just like, okay, whatever it is, you have to change something. We are going to ask Cliff that, for sure, when he's in here at 145. Back out to the phones, Jonathan in Phoenix. You're on the Wolf and Luke Show, Jonathan. Hey, thanks for taking my call. I sure. When I was asked about kind of where they are on a scale of 1 to 10, I said a 5, and, and I'll be honest, it's because my care and my passion for this team has just kind of, you know, dissipated. Pretty disheartened, and yeah, I tough. wish I cared more, and I just don't really feel like there's much to, <laughs> to put it. You know, every time we line up, it looks like there's an amateur team versus a professional team, and it looks like the opponent is ready to play football and we're still figuring this out and then there's this drive and everyone gets their hopes up but then they forget it it's almost like if it's not scripted it's not happening um it's pretty disappointing and and i know that there's a drop off after injuries there's going to be backup issues and but you've got i feel it's a little bit silly you're on a professional football team and unfortunately the backups are not even at backup quality how come moves aren't being made how come there isn't a little bit more you know, cohesiveness as a group, even to run scripted plays, even to be pretty, you know, pretty robotic. It seems like there's always, you know, there's there's a lack of accountability from each player to their position and a lack of accountability with the coach and, and the GM. So, anyway, that's all I got. Yeah. Thanks, Jonathan. Thank you, man. You know, listen, backups, once again, are backups for a reason. Um, Yes, there are some backups that are better than others, but backups, I was a backup, okay? You didn't want to throw me the ball. You didn't want to hand the ball off to me, all right? As a fullback, back when I was playing in 1985, those were detriments to you, okay? (laughs) If you didn't want to actually get the ball, you didn't... They weren't going to give you the ball. That is a detriment to your offense. It was back in 1985. So backups are our backups for a reason. You're talking about the best our species can generate in the world. And there's a difference between starters and backups. And I don't want to go into the injury thing once again because that's an excuse. It isn't. Sometimes it's a reason, Basinonians, like yesterday when Will Hernandez went down and you had your three interior starters out of that game that is a reason why Kyler Murray was under as much duress as he was. That is a reason why you could not run the ball as well in between the tackles. That Those are reasons why you can't do it, but you're never going to point to an injury situation, especially in the NFL, and say that's the reason why. That's the reason why. Unless you get a number of injuries together. Uh, that's all the calls we have time for. Sorry to everybody who's on hold right now. You can always text us your thoughts uh, to the Arizona, the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, the defense has been playing pretty good football, probably overachieving for a good uh, chunk of the season, but um, not so much yesterday. Are they starting to wear down? That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bye, bro. Bye. Big Red Monday and Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. (laughs) 
live out here at the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals Training Center for Big Red Monday. You heard Sarah say it right there in the update. We'll have Cliff Kingsbury joining us at 145 as he does every Big Red Monday. Uh, Wolf, Sarah also said in the update, ASU gets Tarleton State tonight. Good. Bring me Tarleton State after yes. this weekend where Cam Johnson gets hurt and the uh, the Suns lose to the Blazers on Friday on a play that shouldn't have counted and the league has to apologize and the Cardinals lose again and ASU football gives up. Yes, bring me Tarleton State. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you're looking for somebody you somebody. feel really, yes, yeah, something that can make you smile. Is that what you're saying? Coyotes came back with three in the third to beat That's, the Capitals. That was that, fun. That is beautiful. Uh, all right. Scrappy team. They are. That's uh, f- they Last year at this time they were 0-10-1. This year they're Four six and one scrappy I'll take, bear. I'll take some wins all day, man. The defense has been such a positive for the Cardinals this season. Set aside week one, okay? You lose forty four twenty one to the Chiefs. You don't beat the Raiders without the defense locking it in in the second half. You should have beat the Rams in week three. The defense gave up twenty points. Uh, you beat Carolina in week four. You should have probably beat Philadelphia in week five. Defense held them to twenty points, and you should have probably beat Seattle in week six. Defense held them to 19 points and in some of those instances they were basically scoring points for the Cardinals as well but the last few weeks the defense has given up 99 points now that's not that's not totally fair. Some of those were very short drives because of offensive turnovers. In some of those games, the defense was scoring touchdowns. They've scored, what, three in the last three weeks, mm-hmm. I believe. Uh, but are you worried at all the defense might start to be wearing down? Yeah, you know, you, you do worry about that a little bit, uh, especially on a game-by-game basis right there um, because that happens. It does. I thought the defense balled out for the most part the first three quarters. The fourth quarter, it got a little side sideways on them. Uh, That last possession, I would say, in particular. But the drive that really bothered me was the 13-play, 81-yard drive that took 6 minutes and 46 seconds off the clock in the fourth quarter. Uh, That broke me in two, man. It did. It just goes to show you what I mean, Luke, by being capable of being whatever you need to be to beat your opponent. The Seahawks needed to run the ball, chew up the clock, move the chains, and score a touchdown. In the fourth quarter... With the game on the line, and guess what? That's exactly what they did. They moved down the field and seized control of the game by doing so. Um, That, to me, just broke me in two. It really did. And that's what I'm talking about when you hear me say, you need to be whatever you need to be to beat your opponent. Well, the Seattle Seahawks at that point in time said, you know what? Let's line up and not worry about Geno Smith throwing the ball. Let's go ahead and run the ball. Right through him. Right through him. And that's what really characterized that possession. It was brutal, too, because... Because Zayvon Collins, it's funny, I was talking about this and actually randomly, maybe I should have played the Powerball over the weekend, right before the Zayvon Collins pick six, said this defense is probably going to have to make a game-altering play for this team to win this game. Ten seconds later, he gets a pick six. But the problem is, after that, the next three Seattle drives were touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. So... Your defense isn't supposed to have to score your points. Your offense is supposed to be scoring your points. So the defense goes out there, and Zayvon Collins, I mean, that was a great play. In fact, here's Zayvon after the game talking about the pick six. It was just in a type of pressure, and 
read it, I saw the back flare and figured he was going to try next to him just because we got a, a zone behind it. And then uh, I saw him flinch that way, and I just jumped and got my hands on the ball. What's brutal, Wolf, is you could see it in the crowd. Like, this Cardinals fan base is just looking for anything to cheer for, right? Yeah. And that play was like, okay, is this going to swing this game? The Cardinals offense in the third quarter had negative two yards. Uh, But yet you're up 14 to 10 because the defense makes a play and the crowd's going crazy. And if you beat Seattle yesterday, it is a very different looking division. But the offense didn't do anything on the next drive. The defense gave up three straight touchdowns, and the offense couldn't get much going. Yeah, and that, to me, was the problem as well. You know what? Um, the Cards, when they were down three, 24-21, needing a stop, they couldn't do it, man. They just could not do it. They went five plays, 85 yards, and scored another touchdown. And they looked gassed. They did. They looked gassed. But you know what? You can never accept that, Luke. You can't. You can't ever say that. Is it a reason why? Um, yes. It's a reason why the Arizona Cardinals lost the game. That defense, I think, got fatigued in the fourth quarter. But you can't ever accept it. you got to walk through it. As a football player, that is the mentality that you breed. And you breed that inside the locker room. You breed that in the coaches' offices. You breed that mentality on the field. That is who you are. You can't ever accept it. Yeah, I got tired. You know what? Suck it up. That is the only response that you have to have as a player. Yeah. But does it happen? Yes. No, 100%. And I fortunately have not heard any defensive players making any sort of excuses. Um, And Vance Joseph was very clear even after the win over New Orleans on Thursday night where the defense scored two touchdowns that he had areas he wanted cleaned up. I guess the bigger concern for this team going forward is your defense gave you a chance to pick up three wins early this season that you probably shouldn't have had the chance to win. It is crazy, Wolf, even with all the pre-snap penalties and with the offense really not showing up for, it feels like, 75% of these games, they're still in all these games. They still go into the fourth quarter of these games with the exception of the Chiefs game. In week one, they've been in it in the fourth quarter of all these games. That's mostly because of the defense. Yeah, no, you're right about that. Uh, again, I, I was so impressed. The defense balling out for three quarters in this game. I mean, they looked really, really good and gave this team a chance to win another game through three quarters. But that fourth quarter, um, they fatigued. There's no doubt about that. Yet at the same time, the offense, I, I just, I'm so disappointed. I really am. And I know the offense has endured a lot. I know that um, the offensive line has been a complete mess. I know the guys that they're missing aren't just normal guys when you're talking about Rodney Hudson, um, Will Hernandez, how well Will Hernandez was playing as the right guard for the Arizona Cardinals. Your backup isn't close to being as good as Will Hernandez was playing. Rodney Hudson as well. His, he even hurt while he was out there playing. Rodney Hudson was playing at a high level. Um, still, you know, you're losing guys that make differences. Yet at the same time, what are you going to do? Cry about it? Not if you're a player inside that locker room. Once again, the best thing about being a player is you have control. You have responsibility. You have a way out. 
It's through that door. And when I say that door, I'm talking about the door that leads out of your locker room into the world. It's through you walking out and engaging what it is that you need to out on that practice field to get better. Said Marcus Golden clip that we keep playing in, in these promos all day. Of no, It's the NFL. Nobody's going to feel sorry for you. No. And in fact, we saw Seattle exploit the areas that the Cardinals, and which is going to happen. The Rams are going to do it too. I don't know if they can. The Rams are a mess. The 49ers are going to do it. Like Nobody's going to be like, well, you know, the Cardinals have had a lot of injuries, especially yeah. on offense. Let's kind of go easy on them. No, no. no. <laughs> it's going to get harder now. Join Kona Big Wave this Sunday for a Red Sea Road Rally as the Cardinals take on the LA Rams. Enjoy great prizes, ticket giveaways, and food specials. All game long this Sunday at Phillies off Scottsdale Road. All right, speaking of the offense, have you already seen enough of Robbie Anderson? We'll get into that. And uh, how many teams were interested in DeAndre Hopkins at the trade deadline? A lot. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Here we go! Quick game! Big Red Monday and Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Let's go! Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Let's go, let's go, let's go. All right, welcome back to the show. We are live from the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals Training Center. It is Wolf and Luke, a big red Monday that feels like a big red disappointment today. Wolf, after the uh, 31-21 loss to the Seahawks yesterday, couple things specifically in the passing game. Because you and I were talking about this last week going into this game of, okay, Robbie Anderson, you go out, you make a trade for him, and you get him, what, on Monday? The trade was announced Monday morning yeah. after the last Seahawks loss, and they played New Orleans Thursday night. Okay, what's he going to do as a receiver? At best, he's probably going to be a decoy in that game if he even gets on the field. Then against Minnesota, okay, doesn't really get anything going. And then yesterday, a, a big drop, and then it's just kind of like, okay, Robbie, just stand yeah. there. We'll throw to Hopkins. And he was standing in the wrong spot and cost him a touchdown, too. Yeah. Hasn't been a great start for Robbie Anderson. Yeah, you know, um, honestly, I'm with you on that one right there. Right? In New Orleans, I was like, oh, boy, you know, and are they going to run him out there? Yeah, Christian McCaffrey playing running back right there for the San Francisco 49ers. He was only there a couple of days before they actually put him into the game, but but, um, you know, every guy is a little bit different when it comes to learning. But a running back position, that's very difficult because you've got to learn protections as well. So, And uh, he's throwing touchdowns. Yeah, exactly. Well, now he is. Yeah. Okay, yes. Um, when he first showed up there in his first game, though, he went out and he played. And I think, it, again, it was 48 hours he was with the team. I was surprised. Robbie, I didn't expect him to really make an impact on Thursday night against the New Orleans Saints. I didn't. I expected to see him considerably in that Minnesota Vikings game and make a difference in that game, whether he was targeted or not in terms of actually stretching the secondary and running by somebody. Really didn't see that come to fruition at all. So I said, okay, this is going to be the game right here. The the Minnesota game, my antenna was up on that. Um, boy, we're not seeing a ton of Robbie Anderson yet. And, oh, okay, you know, it's still only a second game right there and you know he's still trying to acclimate himself but my antenna was up as to whether or not we would see him make an impact in this game and unfortunately he did make an impact in this game it just wasn't a positive impact and I'm starting to wonder whether or not Robbie Anderson is um, if this year is going to be a wash for Robbie Anderson 
Yeah, I think it's fair to wonder that at this point. I guess he is technically signed next year, too. I was trying to double-check that. But, I mean, you, you bring a guy in mid-season, and you're bringing him in to help right now. They brought him in because Hollywood Brown got hurt. It, it'll be one of... It, it was less than 24 hours later they had made the trade. It'll be one of the great mysteries of this season. And and maybe the most painful part of this, because it's an unanswered question, Wolf, what would this offense look like in meaningful games with DeAndre Hopkins and Hollywood Brown? Now I'm, I'm starting to worry they're not even going to be able to get right. to when Hollywood Brown comes back. Uh, but also... I, you know, to be fair, I don't know that, that that would solve everything, having those two guys. But I wanted to see it. But either way, you could see the Cardinals' logic. I don't even care about would they give up a sixth and a, a fifth and a sixth or a sixth and a no, seventh. a sixth and a seventh. Yeah, so I don't care about that so much. It's just if you're going to trade for a guy mid-season, you're not trading him for him with the thought of, okay, it'll probably take him about a month and a half to get used yeah. to The season will be over. Yeah. So what you're saying, if you, okay, you were your antenna was up after the Minnesota game and you were looking for, for production in this game, I think we can safely say the team felt the same way. Otherwise, you wouldn't trade for that guy midseason. Yeah, can I just say, first of all, um, it, it is starting to annoy me that he's not making a positive impact at this point in time. And we've seen him for three games now. Um, I was all in for this trade. As you well know, I was all in and really excited about it. But, you know, um, it's... It's a situation right now where I don't, my expectation for Robbie Anderson really making a big impact going forward is very, very little. I mean, there was a huge drop yesterday that was alarming, dare I say, for a wide receiver in the National Football League to drop the ball that Robbie Anderson dropped. Um, I think Robbie, hopefully, would be the first one to tell you that. That he couldn't believe he dropped the ball either in that situation. And then, of course, him moving forward, not knowing whether he was on the line or off the line, and moving up and when the ball was being snapped and that nullifying a touchdown. Yeah, he the negative impact was there. And what are the Arizona Cardinals going to do at wide receiver? Well... There's not a lot of options they have right now. A.J. Green is somebody. We haven't seen A.J. Green in a few weeks. And you have to wonder what his status is. Yeah. Rondale Moore has been better. DeAndre Hopkins, it feels like every time they throw to him, the other team can't stop it. But that's only two receivers. And they seem hesitant to put Greg Dortch out there. And they seem hesitant to put A.J. Green out there. And Robbie Anderson, look, in fairness to him, he had a 1,000-yard season in 2020 with Carolina. He he has had success in this league before, but, man, he is not fitting with this team. He has one catch for negative four yards in three games, Wolf. He has come in and gotten negative four yards and gotten a penalty penalty that called back a touchdown. That's been his production for the Cardinals so far. Yeah, and, you know, once again, uh, this was a game, too, where I think Kyler Murray was looking to spread the ball. Zach Ertz, he was targeted eight times. Um, DeAndre Hopkins was targeted five times. Rondale Moore was actually targeted ten times in this game. It, it looked like to me that Kyler Murray was trying to go through a progression, was trying to spread the ball a little bit more, and once Robbie Anderson dropped that ball, um, it looked like, okay, uh, he did go back to him. He did, but the other he team did, knows too, exactly. right? They're like, okay, it's probably not as much of an option just, as we thought. Well, and you, you know that it gets inside a 
quarterback's brain. It does. You, you throw a ball that hits a guy right here in his hands, it's like throwing to me once again. Okay, 26 <laughs> I've seen the highlights. I'm just saying, 26 receptions in 10 years, of course, but some high-profile drops as well. <laughs> I haven't seen those highlights yet. You know, watching uh, Kansas City, Tennessee last night, right? And there was a stretch there where Kansas City couldn't score. Tennessee was, was defending them pretty well. It was a good yeah. game. Even when, game. when Kansas City's not moving the ball, though, you watch some of the plays, and they just, like a simple play. Travis Kelsey's on the left, and, and Juju's on the right, and they just cross over, and everybody goes with Travis Kelsey. So Juju's wide open, and he throws him the ball, and he catches it. It just feels like simple things like that the Cardinals can't do right now. That's what's, it, it just doesn't make any sense because, again, I know everybody wants to forget about last year, and I'm with you on that. But this offense was amazing for the first 12 yeah, games last year. How does it go from that to being almost unwatchable? There are times when they got the ball after that first drive yesterday, Wolf, where it was just like, when's the defense going to get back on the field? So there's at yeah. least a chance a, a turnover is forced or something. Yeah, you know, I, I don't have an answer for that. I really don't. Um, execution, that's what it comes down to right now. It's not like they're running different plays from what they were running last year. Are they too simple? I think they are. That's just me. I think they're are too simple. I could be dead wrong on that. The Philadelphia Eagles, by the way, watch them play. Um, are they too simple? They look an awful lot like the Arizona Cardinals playing the game of football, and yet, for whatever reason, their execution is going very, very well. Their players are stepping up and playing well. Um, maybe it's just the fact that Kyler Murray now, this is year four. It's year four of seeing this offense, and, and maybe teams are catching up to what Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals are all all about and what they're doing. And to me, again, the easy answer for that is what, Luke? Change. Change <laughs> your gonna, offense. They're going to have to change Evolve something. your offense. You have to be able to do that. That's where I think we're getting to the point where Cardinals fans are all in agreement. You have the fans that are like, you got to fire Cliff. You have the fans that, last year, they were like, you got to fire Cliff. You have the fans that are like, okay, let's not get, let's not be hasty here. Uh, but then those ones are like, hey, it's Kyler's fault or, you know, hey, it's Steve yeah. Kimes' fault for not drafting. Well, I mean, Seahawks had like five rookies making an impact yesterday. The Cardinals don't have any. So there's, there's that frustration. But I think what ultimately everybody can agree on is something has to change. It, this, is not, this is not as simple as, well, we're going to keep trying hard and next week it's going to pay off. Next week it paying off, yeah. A, isn't likely, and B, isn't enough anymore. Something is going to have to change. Yeah. Let me just say this quickly, too. If I were Michael Bidwell right now, one of the things I would do is is let everyone know that Cliff Kingsbury is not going to be fired this season. With a vote he's of not, confidence. He's not going to be fired this season. When we finish this season, when we finish... I'll tell you then what what we're going to do going forward. But he's not getting fired. Right now, I just cut that out. Um, unless, of course, you you are going to do something. But if I were Michael Bidwell, I would just say, you know what? So I'm not going to fire him this year. We just signed him to a five-year extension. We didn't do that willy-nilly. We believed in him. That's why we, we signed him to a five-year extension. We'll let this year play out, of course, and then we'll re- reevaluate at the end of the year. I, I think that would help everybody inside mm-hmm. the locker room as well. Everybody know. Send a clear-cut signal. This is the way that it's going to go. Period.
And I know there's a lot of fans out there. Your opinions matter. They do, and you have your opinion. I'm entitled to my opinion like anybody else. I think the second part of that, though, would also alleviate a lot of Cardinals fans' fears. If you say, okay, he's not getting fired this season. We're going to ride this out. He's either going to turn it around or he isn't. But you also say... He's not locked in here till 2027. We're gonna we're gonna reevaluate this in the offseason. That to me is where the the good majority of Cardinals fans are like, wait a minute, what? There's there's no there's nothing you can change. Now we're three and six, and you can't change the coach, the quarterback, or the GM. That's what the feeling is. So it's like, so it's gonna be the same next year and the year after and the year after. Like, you're right. Saying something like that of stop questioning it's, it because we're not gonna move on not right a now. Of confidence. It's not that. Yeah, it's you're right. Literally making a statement. And and it's it's a <laughs> saying, it's both sides yeah. of the statement that he might right. not be here next year if they don't start winning. It is the NFL. Frank Reich just got fired with a much better coaching record than Cliff Kingsbury has. Cliff's like right around 500. Frank Reich was well over 500 and didn't have Kyler Murray. It's the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> I, would say, I would say well over 500. Well, it, was, you know. Uh, yeah, it was 40 and 35 or something. 40 and 33 and 1. Oh, okay. Don't make me defend, defend right. Frank right here. <laughs> well, he's my friend. Yeah, that's actually. right. Yeah, you should be defending him. Coming up next, we're going to take you through the top stories of the day with Wolf and Down Your Lunch. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.